Oh, I almost forgot. I did something new comic-wise. Well, not new, but something I haven't done in a while. What's that? I read a... Well, I mean, most of the stuff I read is digital, but I still have plenty of physical ones. But I read a physical comic that I bought in a comic store this week, less than a month after it came out. Whoa. I went out and bought new comics. I never do that. I haven't done that in a while. All my new comics, I get online... But I haven't actually gone to the store and bought a comic in a very long while. I think Free Comic Book Day might have been the last time. Yeah. Well, there, I had plenty before, but ever since stopping working at the last place I was working at before I moved from Jersey, I really didn't have a, one anyone near me. And mm-hmm. now, yeah, there's a couple down here, but they're not convenient, you know, to get to. And since I wasn't in the habit right. of going there from before, I had other options. I just didn't. But I was driving the other day when I was off. I was going to Ikea to pick up something for Kim. And I saw, it literally was a sign on a park bench, like a bus stop bench I was driving by. I'm like, what, what? So I stopped at it on the way back. And yeah, there's a comic store right down the road, like 10 minutes away. Just opening up. Nice guys. Plus, they do the thing for you with uh, CGC stuff, since I'm selling some of those like early Walking Deads I have. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I bought it. For the first like forty something issues, so, and I have oh wow, so you have a, you have a first one? And not anymore. That got sold, but he does a thing because CGC is headquartered here, you know, in Sarasota. Okay. So he goes there actually for other reasons. So he has a service for the customers for like really almost well for nothing because most stores do that to keep you know get people to come in. Where he well you fill out the form there and he bring you just pay the fee to have it done, but you don't have to pay shipping now, which is great for me. So while I was walking around there, because if I go to store, i got to at least buy something. So I picked up uh, Guardians of the Galaxy issue 150 with the return of Adam Warlock. Ooh. Yeah. So now I might, and I also picked up the Marvel, the free Marvel previews thing. And that has like, oh, you know, Infinity, there's the Infinity Adam Warlock one shot and the Infinity Countdown pro- issue and this. And I'm like... No. You felt, you, felt, you felt the getting sucked in, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's a dangerous feeling. And I was going to avoid the Thanos one, but if I'm picking those up, maybe I should just get Thanos as well. <laughs> maybe you should. And then there's a New Mutants series. <laughs> with magic in charge. Of course there is. But I might be able to resist that one, because my plan was, with the exception of, like, if I saw cheap boxes... You know, buying stuff out of sheet boxes, you know, it's just for like, oh, look, a quarter or, you know, or 50 cents or whatever to, mm-hmm. um, you know, like going to conventions and stuff. I'm trying to look for stuff that's for the show. So this and Than- that and Thanos would be still eventually for the show. I think I might just wait on the New Mutants for the digital one. But like those two, I might st- I might start doing just because those things would be show, you know, show related at least. Right. They're in the criteria of what I'm trying to do. And hopefully that'll keep me from going too far afield. I'll tell you about my pull list of 20 titles next next time we record. <laughs> I don't have it yet, but I'm sure I will. Yeah, so <clears throat> I remember in 2006 when Star Wars revamped their line of titles. It was post-prequels. Yeah, it was still. What's it called? It was still Dark Horse, the, right? Yeah, still yeah, Dark Horse. still Dark Horse. The, the Republic series had been running for a while. They were going to turn that into and move the move the continuity past the prequels and turn it into Dark Times. They launched a series that was set a hundred years in the future called Legacy. Oh yes, I another that. one that was. Uh, it wasn't really marketed as such. It was called Knights of the Old Republic, but it wasn't really marketed as being tied to the game. And it focused very much on characters who weren't a part of the game, but eventually became very clear this was a prequel to the game, just with a different focus. Mm. So I was reading those, and I very specifically and deliberately avoided the superhero sections of the comics. Because I didn't want to get back into that. I didn't want to get roped back in. That lasted two years, until 2008. Oh. When um, Iron Man came out. I was like, hey... I never read Iron Man. I should go read some Iron Man comics. And then I'm reading Iron Man like, hey, I want to read some Spider-Man comics. Hey, kid, come here, come here, come here. 
Just one. Just take one. It's okay. Just right. One. Just one. Hey, you know who's really cool? Superman. I've never read much Superman. What's this whole post-crisis thing? Let's figure that part out. I'm going to read. What? There's a podcast that just started like the same day. What? I'll listen to that while I'm reading. Yeah. It's how they get you. One of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It's happened to me way too many times. I mean, not that I try and get out, but like, you know, after college, you know, in college and I'm broken and poor and I really have gone to like reading nothing. Out of necessity. Yeah. And then I stop though and I spend, I stop at a store that I find that is nearby. You know, I finally, you know, like, oh, look, there's a store here. And I pick up like the, and I end up picking the Flash Terminal Velocity trade. So one where it introduces like Impulse. Mm-hmm. It was uh, right around, the, it was the, his 100th issue. It was right around the same time they did, uh, Nightfall and Death of Superman and the Emerald Twilight. So, you know, it's what, what they were doing to him at the time. And I'm like, pick that up. I'm like, ooh. And then I start reading Flash. And that leads to other things. And like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Next thing you know, I'm spending more money than I had at school. Because I'm like, ooh, more comics. Right. It's always, ooh, more comics. That is the mantra. Yeah. But I'm hoping maybe this time, since I do have the digital, which I really didn't have as much before. Because... I mean, though the last time I did the digital, but also the last time I was actually working at the place with the comics, so they were right there in my hand constantly. Yeah, the the digital access is a big deterrent for me because I'm like, okay, if I really want this, I can get it online for less. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so I'm like, I'm just gonna get the ones that I I'm like. You know what? I have the the, the thing. I'm only buying stuff for the show now. Which also doesn't make it more fun when you're buying, as, as opposed to like what I was buying, going to conventions, and I had like, oh, I'm getting everything. Now it's like, okay, I have a list. I have certain things I am looking for. Because if I can get a physical issue for the show, I will get a physical, I'd rather have the physical issue. It's a pain in the ass to find those physical issues of some of those later Warlock and the Infinity Watch, so thank you for pointing out that sale to me, because I did buy that uh, second Infinity Watch trade. Ah, yes, you're welcome. I used a lot of that sale as well. Because that was around the end of my time of uh, getting. From like, I got up to issue 32, and that's when I had to stop, and then I picked up issue 42, which is the last issue, and that's it. I didn't know that he had two ongoings running for a while there. It was supposed to be. Warlock Chronicles was solicited as an ongoing, and then right like after an issue two came out, they changed it to just a mini. Oh. And then it really wasn't even a mini. Maybe the first issue or two might be on its own, but pretty much every issue of that was a tie-in. It was either Infinity Crusade tie-in or it was that uh, Thor crossover tie-in. Okay. Because I was very disappointed because I thought it was going to be like a whole new Warlock ongoing. To accompany the Infinity Watch, did it? I guess if that was tying into stuff and Infinity Watch was tying into stuff, they were kind of tying into each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like I said, yeah, like the first few issues of that are just basically Infinity Crusade tie-ins, and then after that there was a Thor tie. There was like a Thor crossover. It was uh, both Warlock titles, Thor and Silver Surfer, I think. Mm-hmm. A numbered crossover, like ish part. It's like I think it was called Blood and Thunder. Like Thor had been, Thor was nuts. He does that. Yeah, he was at, like, literally he was insane, and they were trying to stop him. And so it was like part one, part two, part three. Okay, well that'll be interesting reading when I get there. Yeah. So, but it's funny. I was just I'm almost done editing our last ep- issue, and I was just finishing the listen to the part where I was talking about we were talking about newer newer stuff. I'm like, you know what? I have the thing with Brian. That's the reason with Starlin. We have this stuff. That's enough. I don't need to do more read more eras. <laughs>
Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And with me back again, since we are talking Adam Warlock, is... Guess who? John's back. Who? You. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Yes, you are. I think. Are you? So far. Yeah. Anyway. If I, if I, if I stop being me, mm-hmm. I will let you know. Okay. If I turn into a future evil version of me, I will let you know. What would we call you? Probably after I kill you. Okay. Let me know before you kill me. Just so I know who's killing Okay. Me. Just for planning? Yeah. So what would we call him? The not... No. Uh, <laughs> what's the opposite of John? What's another word for John? <gasps> he would be John with an H. <laughs> Evil me has an H in his name. Yes. <laughs> Everyone, that's how you know when John has gone evil, there will be an H in his name. That's right. Evil me has the H. And clone me has an extra N. And your bizarro is called Naj. Right. Yes, I, 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 I like this plan. I'm happy to be a part of it. Okay, yeah. We have this all set up. <laughs> well, I mean, go record your Skype picture. You already got the you know, goatee and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not so much goatee as an all-face goatee. So what do we have on the dockets for today? We have straight, besides uh, discussing goatees, we have Strange Tales number 180, which... Strange Tales featuring Warlock. That's true. Which also has him featuring an evil future self. See? It ties in. Yeah, that was that was the joke, dude. <laughs> that was a joke? The, 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 the joke of the future self was because of the comic, but that's okay. Wait, that's not a real uh, concern? I, I, it could be. I mean, life is crazy and, and has strange turns and twists. Hmm. Maybe that means that my neighbors weren't really vampires. Uh-oh. So, anyway. yes, yeah, Strange Tales featuring Warlock 180, which um, has a pretty... Mm, it has a cover. Yes, it does. So, I guess this also answers our question of when did Warlock change his outfit? Um, he's earlier today because he's wearing a new outfit right there on the cover. Right, it says inside that he changed it for anonymity. Happily enough, this anonymous outfit is going to be um, the one he's known by a whole lot more than shoulder swoops and lightning bolt. Yeah. Oh, well, nope, nope, no lightning bolt. This must be some other golden skin, blonde haired, soldier wearing person. Never mind. Carry on, sir. Right. Right. Although the matriarch is also orange in this one. She has decided to go the way of the warlocks. Uh, you know, that's how you do it. That's right, yeah, she is orange. Uh, she's trying to uh, relate to him. I've always been kind of torn on this cover, though, because it's a very iconic cover in that it stays in my mind, but it is not an image I enjoy. He looks like a mad ball from the <laughs> 80s, yes. and I kind of hate it. The effect comes off better inside the comic just because he doesn't really do this right here in the comic. Um, He's not fighting him. Yeah, physically. Right. But, you know, we were talking about it last episode that, you know, there are a whole bunch of aliens in here. They're just like weird body parts smushed together or weird body parts missing other body parts. And that's what this guy is. He is a head. He's a giant alien head with two legs and four arms coming out of the head. Yeah. And... I don't know. It looks more goofy than menacing. A little bit, although I was thinking about this, I was looking at before, and I was thinking about that conversation last time, and I was thinking, well, at least this one could make a bit more sense, because that head's pretty big, so there could be a lot of organs stuffed in the back there, and other things. Like, this could work. (laughs) This makes more sense to me than the regular-sized head with a hand sticking out of it, and that's it. Right. Not even an arm, just a hand sticking out of it. Or the eyeball um, that we're going to see today that's just kind of like sitting there being an eyeball. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, the, that's right. Not that even the, it's not even a floating eyeball. At least the floating eyeball has, you know, it could float. Right. So, yeah, you're probably wondering what the hell we're talking about with, float, with eyeballs that don't float. So let me throw in a little bit of synopsis here, and then we will actually talk about that. Strange Tales number 180, The Judgment, story by Sam Diltron. Art, Jim Starlin. Inked by J.L. Minirats and Alan Lee Weiss. Color by Miss Natural. Letter by Tom Orszewski. Edited by Len Wein. Cover art, Jim Starlin. 
Cover dated June 1975. On sale date March 25th, 1975 for a whopping 25 cents. And if you're not able to get a copy of this issue, you can still read it reprinted in Fantasy Masterpieces number 10 from September 1980. Warlock Special Edition number 1 and 2, cover dated December 82 and January 83. This was a reprint series that reprinted pretty much all of the Jim Starlin Warlock stuff. And they reissued that series in 1992. And you could read it if you have a copy of the, of number 1 and 2 from that run, which were cover dated May and June 1992. You can also find a copy of Playbook number 31 from 1993. That's an Italian reprint. The Marvel Masterworks Warlock hardcover, volume 2, from about 2007. Essential Warlock, volume 1, from 2012. Warlock by Jim Starlin, trade paperback, from 2014. Here's that German reprint again. I swear, please, somebody who speaks German, whether you you live in Germany or not, write in, tell me how to pronounce this so I can get this right because I'm sure I am horribly butchering it. Die Official Marvel Comics Semlung Hardcover, Volume 32, from 2016, and also from 2016, Gamora, Guardian of the Galaxy trade paperback, and of course digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Adam and Pip have made it to Homeworld, the birthplace and control center for the Universal Church of Truth. There, they run into a group of black knights, who know a troll when they see one. Trolls, who have been ordered all exterminated. Adam is able to take them out quickly, but needs to focus in order to prevent the Soul Gem from taking their souls. He realizes that the Soul Gem has gotten too powerful and he needs to get rid of it. Adam removes it from his forehead, but the act puts him in an almost catatonic state, and he is only saved from that when Pip puts the gem back on his head. Adam realizes that the gem has been slowly sucking his own soul into it, so now he is dependent on it to survive. While they are dealing with that, the two of them are contacted by the matriarch through a camera system hidden in the street. Yes, hidden in the street. We're going to get to that, don't worry. She tells Adam that she knew the soul gem would be a problem for him, and she knows more, and will tell him if he comes to her. Pip knows that this is a trap, and that they would be stupid to go. Adam agrees, but still pulls a Batman-style exit and sneaks away. Adam flies towards his meeting with the matriarch, and along the way ponders how the magus came to split off from himself and how best to deal with him. Adam arrives at the sacred palace and sneaks into the matriarch's throne room, but is himself surprised when she tells him that the Magus is not a part of himself, but is himself from the future. Reeling from this revelation, she is able to get Adam to stand over a trap door and sends him down into a dungeon. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Hi, I'm Tim from Cord Industries, the Blue Beetle blog. I'm here to tell you about an exciting new addition to the Silver and Gold family of podcasts. The show is Beatlemania, and it focuses on what is arguably one of the greatest superheroes in all of comics history, Blue Beetle. From the adventures of Dan Garrett the Cop in the 1930s to Dan Garrett the Archaeologist in the 1960s, from everyone's favorite Ted Cord to the more recent adventures of Jaime Reyes, We'll be covering the entire legacy of the Blue Beetle. And I won't be doing it alone. Joining me for this epic journey through the lives of the Blue Beetle will be Jay from the Silver and Gold Podcast. Together, we'll be discussing, reviewing, and celebrating the awesomeness of all of the Beatles. Beatlemania, coming soon to SNGpod.com and cordindustries.blogspot.com. And we're back. Judgment Day. Yes. But inside it's actually just called The Judgment. And Well, yes, I guess if, if this is the day that has the judgment, that it is Judgment Day. Yeah. Now, I was re-looking at it this morning, and I got nervous for a second there that I didn't look up stuff because I was looking at the credits, and it took me a minute. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I like the credits on this. Um, because I know that Jim Starlin does all of the basically this entire comic. Yeah. So we have story. Well, Jim Starlin is credited with the art. Yeah. But story is Sam Jiltern. Inks is J.L. Mini Rats. That's a good one. I like that one. 
when did he realize that his name could be anagrammed to many rats? Yes. <laughs> and colors, we got to have, you know, um, not just all guys here. We got to have, you know, some women at least doing helping out. Colors, Ms. Natural. And yeah, so it's like they're all anagrams. Yeah. And now he didn't letter it, at least. No. The uh, fantastic and always busy Orzachowski. Yes. But I remember I was looking at this before and I just actually noticed it and my brain was didn't have co- barely had copy in it yet and still. And I was just like, wait, who is this? Why don't I know this? <laughs> who the hell worked? The- oh, son of a... I got a... Oh, crap. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Although they also did say Al Weiss apparently helped out by inking pages 19, 22, 27, and 31. Right. I'm not sure which ones those are because today I'm looking at a Comixology collected version. So the original comics page numbers are lost. Same here. I don't have a physical issue. I do have an issue copy for 181. I can get my physical issue if you really want to find out what Al Weiss is doing but no it's all right i don't have it we'll figure it out later i like this opening page though first we get the new costume yes and all these you know we're we're on homeworld every every title or not title a caption box here is about homeworld located light years from earth blah 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 homeworld where we find out a more like blah 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 homeworld a hard planet blah 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 and it's like homeworld where he finally found some new clothes well that's the only place to go shopping in the area i mean they have the best stuff you go to a6 street there on homeworld Great deals. Great deals. Plus, you know, Pippa's a cigar store nearby he likes to go to. Right. And this basically, I guess, would be like Vatican City for the church, Universal Church. Yeah. Except so we are following the hunt for the Magus. Yes. Although, apparently, if I'm looking at Homeworld, what we see here, it is Vatican City, but it's kind of like Vatican City if Vatican City included all that was the most important thing in Europe and all the towns were part of it. So you still do have your... Because, I mean, I've never been there, but I'm going to assume in Vatican City, because of the size of it, not many seamy sides. Oh, yeah, this is very cosmopolitan for uh, to be to be very kind. and. But since Vatican yeah. City is located inside Rome, you go outside of, quote-unquote, Vatican City, you can find some seamy parts of Rome, I'm assuming. It's kind of like Washington, D.C. Yes, there are some areas, but not in the capital area, like... Yeah, you're not going to go right across... I mean, well, unless you're a senator, because then they bring them to you. <laughs> but, you know, you're not going to walk right out of the Capitol building into, you know, a whorehouse next door. Right. You know, they have that hidden. Whereas here, she's, like, you know, leering out the window. Well, that, I don't know if that one was her. I think that one, that's kind of, like, reminds me of, like, ninth, like Honeymooners. Like, 1940s New York, kind of like, hey, Norton! I thought maybe she was a um, working gal. Oh, either one could go. We immediately get our requisite recap. He- this is a bi-monthly book. It is a relative. It's a new. I mean, it's not a new title, but it's a new series, the Warlock series. So yes, the third issue. You know, and it's right. Nineteen seventy-five. Maybe people missed the previous two issues that were two months and four months ago. So we have recaps. Yeah, he, and but he gets it out of the way quickly. Unlike the other times, this is a fast one. Yeah. He doesn't waste time with it. This issue, I notice also, this is the issue Starlin really starts experimenting, I think. With, in what way? Oh, with a lot of things. I mean, with the coloring. And he's also going a little bit more avant-garde. He's getting a little bit more um, theme-wise, I guess, with the whole court thing. Yeah, the satire with the court, I thought, was pretty interesting. Like, um, like, they already had the religious thing, but to be fair, Warlock already had the religious thing. That wasn't a unique concept that he came up. He he did a twist on it, but he didn't, right. it, that wasn't his idea. And while in Captain Marvel, I mean, yeah, some groundbreaking you know stuff from work, but still, it was still an extension of superhero versus supervillain. I mean, let's see, what does the hero villain want? Thanos wants to rule the universe. As one does. You know, yes, adding the little bit, the subtext there of death and all that kind of stuff, that was a nice touch. I want to have to look at later on at this cover date for stuff that Gerber was doing to see how much, you know, was Gerber already doing his stuff like that? Or was Gerber just dipping his toe into as well? Because I know they were friends. And Gerber's work definitely has a lot, is very much, the, you know, the political and social satire. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I'm not as familiar with his work. I mean, I've certainly read some of it, um, but I don't really have a feel for like his the the shape of his career and where he was when. I do have you know Mike's amazing world here next to me, which I'm quickly typing Gerber into. 1975. He was doing Defender, Son of Satan, Man Thing, and Howard the Duck. Okay, so Gerber was already well into it then. Yeah, well, Howard the Duck didn't have his own title yet, but he was doing Howard the Duck stories. Or, correction, he had done a Howard the Duck story, Giant Size Man Thing number four, which I guess is his first appearance, because it's the first Howard the Duck, unless he appeared in someone else's story. His first solo story. Hmm. Because I haven't had just come out. I haven't read his Man Thing stuff, but I thought his Man Thing stuff included that. But since I haven't read it, I can't be sure. So maybe this was when Gerber was still was really starting to dive into that as well. So yeah, I mean his his Defender stuff is way offbeat, but he had but like like you were saying about Captain Marvel, it's still superheroes and supervillains. It's just kooky superheroes and supervillains. Yeah, just doing that offbeat stuff doesn't mean you know isn't the same as doing you know that kind of the satire. But it could, but it definitely is a path towards it so yeah i just have to wonder how much is gerber's influence but like i said this issue i really started noticing starling getting into that stuff we find out that i like adam warlock's little comment here i sit upon a hostile world allied with only a vampire gem and a slightly depraved troll yes <laughs> pip the slightly depraved troll well i only had to pile off my leg twice on the trip over here right that's on his business card <laughs> bad pit bad down we find out on the next page as we get into the actual story that um, trolls have been all given the death sentence as a race. They should be exterminated by the Black Knights, which I guess are the enforcers of the universal truth because yeah. of their degenerate ways. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if the Black from future reading at the Black Knights, I would assume they're more the police or maybe even like uh, the army. They're one of those things. They're the police or the army or the secret police. Mm-hmm. You know, the Gestapo. Some kind of version of that. Or, well, I guess it, in this thing, the uh, they're the soldiers of the Inquisition. They kind of play here like a random idea that Starlin has in passing, but I guess from what you're saying, they come back later. Well, I mean, in, no, I don't think they come back later. I just meant for the rest of the mega story. Okay. And he uses the soul gen to, to shoot the uh, blaster. Which kind of has more of a sort of previous series yeah, feel to it. That's all. The soldier was just a, 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 a laser blaster. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, that's a bit more of, you know, affecting pe- living beings is one thing, but affecting inorganic objects always makes me go, eh. But I would have thought that if the, um, if the extermination of trolls was a thing that he had thought of earlier, it might have been worth saying whenever Pip showed up. Like, Pip shows up, and he's like, oh, well, he's in jail, I guess. And he wants to go along with Warlock, so they just go. I would have thought that, like, if all trolls had been exter- were, had been all decreed to be exterminated, that that might have been a nice thing to put into the reasoning for why Pip is going to go with Warlock. If I keep hanging around here, they're liable to kill me or something like that. Um, if I keep hanging around here, they're liable to kill me. Um, well, I, I guess if he had gone with the other prisoners, he would have been fine if they went to find their own world. True. But as well, people say later on, when he gets to the point where Pip's alone, he's like, oh, if I'm here, I might as well desecrate one of their temples. I think Pip <laughs> figured, hey, I can go piss them off and have protection. This is awesome. So all that to say that I think this aspect of the troll's place in the universe is that Starlin has come up with since writing 179. Oh god, yeah. As he's writing 180. Definitely. They, you know, Adam has to fight off the other Black Knights. I like the red one with the giant eye and the little eye. <laughs> it's Snoke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every time I see something with one big eye and one little eye, I'm like, it's Snoke. I still haven't seen the it. odd I, eye. I haven't seen it yet, by the way. The new one. I mean, I know Snoke oh. is, but I haven't seen the new one. I'm, the plan is, I'm going Tuesday morning. Well, then, the, the no spoilers, but. The fact that he has one big eye and one little eye is much more plainly evident. Yeah. And I don't know how much Final Fantasy you've played, but there's this one creature called the Odd Eye that um, is basically two eyeballs floating on spaghetti, and one of them is significantly bigger than the other. And I posted that as, a, like, this is before coffee picture. 
Anyways, Black Knights. Yes. Um, so he's fighting. Red eyeballs. Yeah, we, that's what that's distract us. That damn eyeball. It really is distracting. And is that a tattoo on there? I thought that was just shadow under their eye. But does what do you he, mean? Well, where is the part where he says, hold on. Yes, Adam Warlock, the last panel of the page right before he starts when we see Red Eye. He says, by Orion, that tattooed Terra is friends with him. Oh. Now, I looked at that guy. I see no tattoos, but if you notice, all of the black His knights, nose is black, and his eyes have, you know, starlin eye shapes. Which Adam Warlock does too, and I'm wondering now if that's like something that black knights do, because they all have that look for the most part. Do they, is that done, like, because doesn't the Magus have that similar look to the same as Adam Warlock? He might, but if you notice, they all, except for um, pointy nose, blue dude on the right, they all have black noses, the same black shape of nose. So if the eyes aren't tattooed, and they might be, the nose is almost definitely tattooed. That's gotta hurt. Yeah. I mean, the nose and right around the eye, that's, I guess... Well, I was going to say that's dedication, but I guess that's the whole point. If you're dedicated enough to be a Black Knight, you're going to do this. Wow. So anyway. Warlock is a pretty, pretty great melee fighter. Yes, he kicks their butts in five seconds. Right. It looks like he is literally taking all of them out at a single moment. Yeah, he's punching two with one hand, punching one with the other, and kicking a third, kicking the fourth one. Mm-hmm. That's the moves. And with a cape. And with a cape. Yeah. And then he goes after the last one. And uh, Pip says, attaboy, dark eyes. So Starlin really likes to put shadow around eyes. Like you were just saying, it's hard to tell if those are tattoos or if those are actual darkness around the eyes. But I just, I've always read it as shadow around the eyes. This is like, you know, a, a technique that Starlin does. But Pip is actually calling him Dark Eyes. So he actually does have blackness around his eyes. Yeah, and then that, like I said, that fits then with the Black Knights. Do I mean, I don't know about the nose part, but the eyes make sense because they're emulating, mm-hmm. you know, the Magus. And the bottom of this page, like we said, we start to getting now this monochromatic thing. We have that all green panel and then that almost sepia tone panel right like like a like a bluish sepia tone yeah the the gem looks like it's hungry oh, which okay. is funny because it just had it just had a taste of nice you know yummy laser gun on the previous page yeah and i guess maybe it's like the crocodile on peter pan it has had a taste of souls and now it wants more it had the gummy taste of auto like his soul right because <laughs> he mentions how like it's been dormant for three years. I've been had this. I've had this subconscious control over it. That was an effort, but now that it's had something, it's getting stronger and wants more. Well, yeah, it's like what we were talking about before we started recording. When I was talking about going to the comic store, I haven't gone to bought a comic in a while. You know, the brand new. I've been doing digital, but now I bought a comic, and it's like ooh. And now I'm like, well, when's the next one come out? You know, you you get one, and now it wants another. Right. It's easier to go. Only the first one's free. It's easier to go without when you're going without, but once you start tasting it, it's like, can I have another one? Yeah. Tell me about it. I was trying to regulate my my uh, soda and sugar intake, and I went a couple days without a soda, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I can do that. And as as a reward, I was like, okay, well, I'll just have a soda, and just because you know, I, I know that I can go a few days without one if I need to. And then you know how hard it is to actually say no to them. Yeah. If I subconsciously say no to them, it's not a problem. Actively saying no to them, they're too yummy. I've, I've actually, I dropped soda like five, six years ago. With, I mean, like well, it's been enough that long enough time now that I can have an occasional soda and not. Yeah, well, I'm still an addict, so there. I, I, I like, I like seltzer, so I buy a lot of seltzer and just put a little juice. I put some juice in there. I make like you know, cherry soda, orange soda, whatever out of that, basically. Gotcha. Anyway, off the so now so next on SodaCast, <laughs> <laughs> um, we see the matriarch. Yes, being all orange. Catch out to, yeah. And I was looking at the um, I was looking at the comic and I was like, she's orange now. What's up with that? And I go back to look at the actual comic, and yeah, she's orange there too. So I, I wonder if that's supposed to be because she has that light. She, well, apparently she's hiding out in Doctor Strange's Sanctum Santorum. 
right? Isn't that the light that like? Because I'm assuming that light behind her is from like a window or something. Because we know it's nighttime there, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming that's like moonlight coming through a window. I'm wondering, except for her, because except for her one hand, any part of her that's visible is in that light. I mean, could that be just the uh, moonlight on her? Could be. Could be. I'll be curious to see if she stays orange next issue. Yeah. Because her little lackey is, well, he almost looks like a vampire. He is like pale, pasty white with red eyes. But he is bowing, so he's below that moonlight. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Um, And someone showed her back to the future in between issues. Because she's (laughs) she's changed her plan. If you notice here, she doesn't want to kill him anymore. She's like, I don't know if killing him is a good idea. That might screw up everything for me. Yes. It's like, yeah, at first I was wondering what her perspective was, like if she had learned something new about, but no, I went back and looked and she did know who Warlock was last issue. It's just first she's like, I'll kill him, then I'll get all the power. Now she's like, if I kill him, I might not get any power. But here's another thing, and I didn't think about this because it gets, we get to it in a few pages, but everyone knows this already. We all know Warlock. I mean, the Magus is the Warlock from the future. You know, Warlock, you know, at some point in the future becomes the Magus. He finds that out this issue. And I was just thinking about that. Like, I've always read these knowing that already. But they didn't realize that. So I'm also wondering if that's part of the reason why Warlock, uh, Starlin had her try and kill him was because at that point last issue, when this was originally coming out, no one knew that. I felt a little bit differently about that because... Without going back and looking at the exact wording, I'm pretty sure he already knew that he was the warlock of the future. Because he talks about like having spent 5,000 years. Mm, that's true. It does kind of imply, but it's not outright said. I, I think that he is trying to convince himself that it could be some other way of happening, like through the soul gem. And so whenever she says it there, she's clarifying... But with the dramatic lettering, it looks like a new revelation when it's not really a new revelation. Okay. I don't, I, I don't, I think it was a slightly misplayed scene more than he didn't actually know. But either way, whatever way is right, the matriarch always obviously knew. So someone showed her back to the future and she watched it and saw Marty's. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> you mean if the parents don't get married, he still is never born? Oh, crap. I got to refix my plan now. This does not work for me. Right. It's still a weird plan because she wants to keep him imprisoned until he learns to, like, you know, love her and, and be her servant and ever everything. So I don't know if he can become the Magus if he is in her clutches. Then again, maybe that's why she is the matriarch. That's true. She doesn't know how he becomes. Yeah. And maybe what or maybe that plan is just. Like, maybe that's supposed to be what happens, and that's just insert in, uh, you know, in, uh, in something. Damn it, words. <laughs> that just makes sure the reason why he makes, you know, she's the one that becomes a matriarch. Because of what she does to Adam Warlock. That's why she's in charge. It's like a whole big circle. She's not doing anything new. If she's correct. If she's correct. She's not correct. No. But uh, at the same time, she doesn't know that. Mmm, great coffee. Mmm. Hey, hmm? Chad, who's that strange, somber man on the cover of that book you're reading? Oh, that's H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, I've heard of him, but I never really got into his stuff. It's kind of strange and hard to read. No, I used to think that, too. But that all changed when I started listening to the H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast. What's that? The H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast is a weekly podcast. Tell me more. Well, these two really smart and hilarious guys give a synopsis of the story, then they talk about its background, the critical views, and what it says about the author. Well, where can I listen? Let me tell you, Chris, you can go to hppodcraft.com or, heck, just subscribe through iTunes. It's that easy. Oh, Chad, I'm so excited. Now I can listen to this podcast and pretend to all my snooty friends that I actually read and understand H.P. Lovecraft. Hey, that's what I do. HPPodcraft.com. <laughs> oh, <dear>. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she wants to enslave him so that when he becomes the Magus, she, he is her slave. And he does something that I was going to ask you about. Okay. Oh, you mean removing, trying to remove the soul gem? Oh, he does remove the soul gem. Yeah. He removes the soul gem and begins to collapse and fade as a person 
with the conclusion that the soul gem has been slowly siphoning off his soul. So now basically the soul gem has his soul in it. And I seem to remember them doing more stuff with this later that like he can actually dwell in the realm of the soul gem. Uh, um, yes. But my main question was if removing it here sends him in almost catatonic state, how does Thanos get it later? How does Warlock endure Thanos getting the gem later during the infinity gauntlet affair? Well, Spoilers, Warlock is dead at the point when Thanos gets the soul gem. He is an ex-Warlock. He is no more. He is not pining for the fjords. He is just, you know, in the ground. It's pining! It's not pining, it's passed on! (laughs) This parrot is no more! It has ceased to be! It's expired and gone to meet its maker! This is a late parrot. <laughs> it's a stiff, bereft of life. It rests in peace. If you hadn't nailed it to the perch, it would be pushing up the daisies. It's run down the curtain and joined the choir invisible. This is an ex-parrot. <laughs> so, um, he doesn't have to worry about that. Okay, so at the point in time when... Thanos gets the gem. You're right. Warlock is dead, or at least cocooned somewhere, somehow. Yeah, he doesn't come back until... Because Warlock comes back in Infinity Gauntlet 1. Right. Thanos is, comes back earlier than that, so... And gets the gem. Yeah. Okay, so... so and yes, you were correct in that. I don't I don't know if the, the um, soul gem with like people living, you know, him living inside it, is seen before the last few issues of Warlock in the 70s. Like, I'm talking the Marvel T11 annual and the Avengers annual. Mm-hmm. But yes, it is shown there. And but it's building on this idea here. Exactly. But basically, yeah, he at that point when Thanos gets the gems, Warlock is not a concern. So if there were to have been any adverse effects, it doesn't happen because Warlock's not alive at the time. When he comes back, it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, his soul, his, his soul is no longer in his body anyway. So wherever okay. it is, it's not a, you know dependent on the gem. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. Yep. But yeah, here the, uh, yeah, removing the gem, like I said, doesn't have a good effect. He almost gets a little golemy here. My gem. My lovely mm-hmm. gem. <laughs> the same thing, my precious. <laughs> Leaves a little bit of the soul inside of him, but not much. It's just kind of like right. sucking it out. But yeah, so the, Pip puts the troll back on. He's like, this is not a good idea. And uh, yeah, he's stuck with it now. And then... Apparently, the entire planet is bugged. The <laughs> entire planet. Because they're in an alley. They're in a crappy little alley. It probably smells like pee. Okay? Right. And all of a sudden, part of the ground, and it's not even ground, it's like pavement, or cobblestone, whatever, opens up. And this little communication device, cut like the little television screen, pops out as the matriarch Hello. talks to the and I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> is everything wired? Like, do you have to, like, you know, when some alien guy, like, flip the you know, toilet bowl open in the morning, wake up, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. Uh, hi, I'm it. Yes. Can, can I pee first? Can you get out of the toilet, please? Boss. She's like, this is her. It's not like I haven't seen it before. I see it every morning. Um, Thank God I wasn't sitting when you like popped up. Of- What's that? Thank God I wasn't sitting when you popped up. <laughs> this was like the kind of alley that Spawn would live in. Yeah. Exactly. This is the kind of alley that Tony, Tony Stark would be hanging out in just a few years from here. I don't know that era of Tony Stark then. That's when he was an alcoholic. Oh, I've not read this. He always was an alcoholic, technically, but this is when he was a, a full-blown, not Iron Man, living on the streets, drunk. Off the wagon. Oh, completely. There is no more wagon. No, he drank the wagon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty great. So Matriarch, and then Adam Warlock taking inspiration from Batman. Yeah. Just fades into the shadows. Oh, but real quick, I love Pip's face. As she's talking to him, I love Pip making faces at her. Right. <laughs> but like I said, this is that page. Like, look at all these like little monochromatic... Like, that top page is all shadow, but for the little spotlight on the two of them. 
Mm-hmm. And then we get like that gray. It almost looks like rain coming down on them. Right. I guess it's a misty or foggy night, really, because that line is all through. And then it's all like the green and the. Yeah, it's like all these monochromatic. He's like experimenting with the coloring. And I, and I, I like the effect. I mean, I wouldn't want all the comics to be like this all the time. And he does not do it all the time. He does it, no, no. you know, selectively. But it's interesting. And it makes. It gives this series a flavor and a feel that. I think adds to its uniqueness mm-hmm. as a work of art, comics yeah. art. Yeah, and I wonder if that's what helped make it be one of the things that people have always remembered. Not just the story, but what but the did. look and feel. Yeah. and Because like you said, it, I mean, it, it does work. Like the bottom three run of panels where he does the bat, pulls the Batman works. I think it works better than it would if it was just colored normally. Mm-hmm. Because it already has that gray tone, so it's already dark. So Adam's standing in the shadows, and you already only see half of him. Because a warlock's home is shadow, or whatever he was saying last issue. I feel a little bad for Pip. I mean, this is the galaxy, and we get the distinct impression that no one feels planet-bound in this. If you have the freedom to move around and control your own life, you know how to get around and leave planets and, and move away on the galaxy. So... It's not like he's, you know, stranded on this, you know, homeworld planet for life or whatever. But I do feel a little bit bad that he has, you know, taken up with Warlock. And Warlock's just like, deuces. <laughs> Later, baby. See ya. And he turns around, he's just gone. And Warlock in our model how he feels better. feels bad about it. He's going to go take care of business on his own without people getting into trouble, which is a nice sentiment. But it doesn't really have... You know what Warlock doesn't have with all of his powers? He doesn't have social skills. Well, no. Like, none. No. (laughs) I think one of the reasons that all the other heroes get so mad at him all the time is just he doesn't know how to be... He doesn't really know how to person that well. No, but that's one of the reasons he has Pip around. And that explains... That shows you how bad his social skills are. That Pip's his social skills. (laughs) Pip's his conscience. (laughs) Oh... Um, I find the idea of a, a depraved troll being your conscience is very amusing. That kind of makes it simple. It's like you kind of know what you're going to pick each time. Right. The most objectionable option. You got the little devil on your shoulder saying, do that. And then Pip's on the other side going, Yeah, listen to that wuss. guy. No, Pip's there going, what a wuss. No, 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 no. We got something better here. So... Um, Warlock starts flying among the skyscrapers. This is a very New York-looking series of panels. Yeah, I mean, especially the, that first one, really. The buildings all look in the last one. Because in between, it's mm-hmm. just lights. But yeah. It, it's a very Starlin take on flying through New York. Yeah, because the camera is like going from all angles. Mm-hmm. Literally, each panel is a camera. I mean, I guess it's to make a dynamic of him just flying and thinking. But yeah, each, pa- each panel is a, a shot of Warlock from a different view. Right. I can actually imagine doing a you know a pan shot of this. Like we're below him with him flying downward in the camera shot and the camera gets closer to him and rotates mm-hmm. as it goes around in front but then also continues to rotate as it moves up above and so you have this like really weird spinning effect as you're moving from below warlock to above it. I can see this as being a trippy series uh, a trippy shot on camera that'd be great yeah and he I mean he did design this page and this page is very well it's definitely designed because those middle two panels like you said it's they're flipped images almost yeah yeah and then the first and last panels are from you know a far shot from below and a far shot from above and he's facing opposite directions although yeah okay no at least this time unlike when we were talking about last issue with the um recap the two middle panels are not the same image <laughs> they the, they're different drawings at least right but he's doing the same thing with his hands like his uh his left hand has his two middle fingers down yeah in both of them that's that's a really interesting way i'm gonna fly with the hex symbol out i'm gonna fly with the hex symbol out oh see i thought maybe as he's flying by in his head he's a mad you know the back the back part of his head not the part that's actively thinking the back part of his head is going thwip thwip Look, I'm Spider-Man! <laughs> Do you ever read um, the webcomic JL8? No, I don't even know that one. Okay. Um, JL8 
is a delightful webcomic that has the Justice League, only they're eight-year-olds in elementary school. Well, that makes sense from the title. The whole secret identity thing is completely tossed out. Bruce is Batman, is is, is a little kid dressed as Batman. Clark is a little kid dressed as Superman. And they actually are, you know, they have the powers and, and, the, and the personalities and the skill sets, but it's all in the context of being eight-year-olds in school rather than being superheroes. Okay. But it's really good. Like, there's plenty of humor as well as nice doses of child drama. Lots of really good stuff. He doesn't put new episodes out very frequently. So once you get up to 260, you're going to have to wait because that's where he is right now. Um, but there are 260 installments of it. And you, you, I'm sure you'll find it delightful. It's well worth reading. The Green Lanterns are a um, scouting troop. That makes sense. And so Alan Scott is the scoutmaster. Oh, that's perfect. And uh, Hal and Guy and Sinestro are all scouts. <laughs> I'm an evil scout. Right, right. So it's very worth reading. Adding it to a list. If you have any trouble finding it, I'll send it to you. I'm sure if you just search JL, JL8, um, you'll, you'll find it. He had another name, and then DC told me I had to change the name. I forget what it was. Bob? No, but it was something that was more blatantly Justice League. Justice League is kids. Right. I don't know. Anyways, JL8, highly recommended to all you listeners out there. All right, I will give it a try. We get to the Sacred Palace, and I think you might be right about the whole lighting thing earlier, because the matriarch is back to being peach-skinned in this. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, what she's seeing on that big um, throne. And I checked next issue when we were talking earlier, and she's definitely back to um, you know human tones then. So I guess, yeah, that orange skin thing earlier was just a weird lighting thing. Well, if you look above... okay. So that page where he shows, you know, he shows up to the palace, and that second set of panels where her the, the one servant says Adam Warlock's not here, and then Warlock shows up in the shadows right where that guy was, which is a cool mm-hmm. effect. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but look above Adam, you know, the first and last panel. Look above Adam and the servant. The light from I'm assuming something on the wall is also orange. Hmm. So I have to assume if you know you were standing in front of it, you would look orangey too. Maybe. They stand in front of another light later, and it's all yellow. So there's a lot of cool lighting effects in this. He, yeah, yeah. Well, he uses that. Yeah, the pit, the set of panels right below the one I was talking about. Yeah, it's all kind of yellowish. And then we got that last panel where he finds out the Makus is not part of you. He is you, the you of the future. I felt like we already knew that, so it was it was weird. I have to go back and reread those last two again to double check because I, like I said, I know I we knew that, but the thing is, did we know that because we're from, you know, reading it past nineteen seventies, or mm-hmm. is he kind of retroactively changing things? I gotta double check that. But either way, I like the shattering of the panel behind him, kind of like his world shattering a bit more. And I kind of hear her saying that to him. It's kind of like the tone from like that was the first episode of Futurama. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Okay, you know what? You're right. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut off your thought. I went back and checked. The fact that they are one and the same being is revealed. The fact that he is the warlock of the future is not. So warlock is going about town thinking that somehow he has split off this alternative self. That's what that has been his concept up to this point. That it's my evil doppelganger, so to speak. Right. Don't now don't go getting Infinity War on us. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I, I love Infinity War. Um, that's where I met Warlock was Infinity War. But yeah, the fact that he's the you of the future, you are right. It has not been explicitly stated. Which is crazy how much we put our filters on the stuff that we read, right? Yeah, because we know this. Right. So this is knowledge. It's kind of like if you don't think about it, going back and reading early X-Men, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, they didn't know the claws were part of his hand? It's like, how did you not know that? (laughs) So that's why he trusts the Soul Gem even less in this issue, is because he thinks not only is the Soul Gem drinking in souls, which he considers to be an evil act, but he has also been suspecting the Soul Gem that Soul Gem, like, 
without his knowing it, you like one day while he was sleeping or maybe while he was in a cocoon at some point, split off this other self. Yeah, made, you know, Warlock 2 and said, go have fun. Go be Right. Okay, so now we're finding out that he is the Warlock of the future, mm. which... Which means if I was right, crap. That means that's my one time for the year. It's already only January. It's only January, dude. And I'm done. That's it. Damn it. I was hoping, pack it in. I was hoping to say that for my birthday. And so Jesus is like, no, I could never become this evil. And she's like, oh, don't worry. Hey, she has a good reason in that second panel. You've always been a creature of passion and excess. You either love dearly or hate viciously. You've no middle ground for your emotions. She's not wrong. No. She's like, yeah, you are a little crazy anyway. So, you know, you'll get there. And then trap door. And now just stand right here, please. (laughs) <laughs> right on the big X. Right in front of Java. And this is where the reprint series from 1982 and 3, this is where it cuts. Okay, well that... At least they had a good place for it to cut. I would laugh hysterically if they cut like a page or two before. <laughs> because so this, this is chapter This two. issue has two and a half issues, and the next issue has two and a half issues, which means the second issue cuts off at the end of, I don't know, Warlock 9, I guess it would be. So it's funny because you turn the you, you get Warlock number two in nineteen eighty three, and at the top of the first page it says Chapter Two: The Trial of Adam Warlock. <laughs> and you're like, what? Did I miss a page? Well, that, it kind of makes sense though because it would be the the second issue. Oh, okay. Well, that fits but, at least. But it's completely uh, completely random happenstance that it says that. But yeah, this is the Trial of Adam Warlock, and this is almost like a whole nother. I mean. These early ones, I have to, I, I'm have to see when we get out of Strange Tales how far he does these chapters. Because I'm wondering if he just, at the time, kind of like early Spider-Man, where obviously they thought they were just going to get stories and amazing adventures, or amazing fantasy. Right. And that's why those first few issues of Spider-Man have two stories, not whole stories. Yeah, yeah, the first two issues of Amazing Spider-Man were planned as stories for Amazing Fantasy, you're correct. Yeah. And I forget. So you have two two stories in each issue. Yeah, because that first one's what the uh, Jameson story with the space shuttle and the chameleon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm wondering if Starlin didn't know he was getting the full. Did, I have to go back and look at the first two ones to see how well the chapter what the chapters are done because I have to wonder if he knew if this was just him doing chapters or did he think he was getting only like half of Strange Tales. Oh yeah, because there may have been talks of putting Doctor Strange in the book with him. Yeah. Because certainly after one more issue, this becomes a Doctor Strange reprint book. So I wonder if I keep – I have to go back later and look at the uh, – I don't have them on front by me right now. But look at these other ones and see – and I'll throw it on at the end if, if they were cha- all chapters too. Because uh, was this meant to be – did he assume this would be issue 182 and now 183? Mm-hmm. I've also read comics where the author obviously forgot he was doing chapters because like – Chapter two starts seven pages into the book, and then it's like a you know extended comic. Chapter two starts seven pages in, and there is no chapter three, mm. and so you have like thirty pages of chapter two. <laughs> and that would also explain why last issue he has uh-huh. that longer and also kind of clunkier and not as well done flashback. Because let's say if he all of a sudden now was like he's working on these things as like chapters. And now, let's say he doesn't have the other one fully finished, or whatever. Like he needs to pad out a few pages, let's say. Right. So he kind of just throws in this quick and cut and paste flashback. And he may have extended the fight for the same reasons. I mean, he he could have turned a thirteen page story into nineteen pages by throwing in flashbacks and extending the fight scene to that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, I think you're onto something here. I think that the what this book was going to be. Was a was a fluid discussion, and he was preparing for one thing that ended up not happening. Yeah, he got be- he got more than he was expecting. He's like, "What? I get the whole issue? Awesome! Oh crap! I got to fill out the whole issue." <laughs> this show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is radio on demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from twenty thousand others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. 
everyone. My name is Michael Bailey. And I am Jeffrey Taylor. And we host a podcast called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. Presented by the Superman homepage. On the show... Wait, wait, wait. What? This just isn't working out for me. It's not bombastic enough. We need something epic. Like what? Welcome to From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, presented by the Superman homepage. I am Jeffrey Taylor. And I am Michael Bailey. From Crisis to Crisis chronicles the adventures of Superman wait, wait, from... Wait, 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 wait. I'm just not feeling this. I'm just wondering how there's a needle-scratching sound when all of this is clearly digital. Look, all we need to say is that this is the, a trailer for a show called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast presented by the home, Superman homepage. My name is Michael Bailey. I'm Jeffrey Taylor. And every week we give in-depth synopsis and reviews for just about every Superman book published between Man of Steel number one in 1986 and Adventures of Superman number 649 in 2006. We also talk about the related Superman media, what was happening in the rest of the world and when these comics were published and what else was going on in the DC Universe. The show drops every Thursday-ish at the Superman homepage, which is located at www.supermanhomepage.com. From Crisis to Crisis is also a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, located at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. So join Jeffrey and I each week as we explore Superman during the post-crisis era, which includes Exile, Panic in the Sky, Doomsday, The Marriage, and Beyond. And write into the show at FromCrisisToCrisis at gmail.com and hear it read on the air. Eventually. Because we get behind on that sort of thing. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Side effects from From Crisis to Crisis include loss of money from buying back issues, a desire to read 20-year-old comic books, nausea, drowsiness, pizza, blurred vision, upset stomach, a desire to kick puppies and kittens, and backache from lifting boxes of Superman comics. If the excitement of From Crisis to Crisis lasts more than four hours, seek immediate medical attention. Well, that was the first half of the book. Now, when I was doing the editing, I noticed we got to Chapter 2, but I was showing only a few minutes left in the recording. I'm trying to figure out, how do we cover the whole second half of the book in just a few minutes? Turns out, we didn't. The recording just stops about one page into chapter two. I had forgotten that my very old laptop decided to die then and cut off the recording. Checking my files, I saw we had finished the issue on another day. And I thought, well, I guess I'll just open up the file and finish editing it. Then I opened the file. Hour and a half. Yikes! I don't want this episode to be that long, so I'm cutting it here since we're done with the first chapter, and next episode we're going to have chapter two, plus the friends and enemies segment. Hope you all enjoyed this half, and we'll be back in two weeks for The Trial of Adam Warlock. See you then. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peacelovproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. You should definitely see Star Wars. When are you seeing Star Wars? Tuesday. Tuesday. There's eleven. I'm off Tuesday, and there's eleven forty-five show. Star Wars is kind of my um, current main obsession. I've been doing Star Wars more than comics lately, trying to read a lot of Star Wars.
of course, Star Wars includes comics. That's so. true. Yeah, I am still doing. Um, I I am I'm up. I'm just blah, 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 words. <laughs> uh, I'm reading the original series Marvel, and I am one issue and one and an, three one issue and one annual, and then I am up to the Empire Strikes Back adaptation. Okay, so issue thirty seven is where I am. Um, I read that whole run once. I reread the first twenty odd issues back when I was podcasting Star Wars. And as I'm reading new Star Wars, I'm also reading the epic collections that they put out, that Marvel put out of you know, Dark Horse stuff. And they have two volumes of the original series. So reread it again for that. Yeah, I figured I read that. And by the time I finish reading that, Marvel should have so much of the new Star Wars stuff up there that I won't have. I'll be able to read pl- I'll have plenty of that to read as well then. Oh, yeah. There is already a lot yeah. of Marvel Star Wars. Plus, if I want to, they well, ha- the Dark Horse is there too. Mm hmm. Sorry, interrupted. Um, they've had two or three ongoings almost the entire time since they got the license, and scads of miniseries. Yeah, kind of the same, kind of the same uh, setup that Dark Horse had. Just Dark Horse waded into it, you know, slowly by doing one bi-monthly series and another bi-monthly series, and let's do two bi-monthly series. And whereas Marvel's like, okay, we got two ongoings and a Princess Leia. Th- Many and before that's over, we're going to launch this other mini series, and now we got three ongoings. You know, it's just yeah, because that's right. Because they had that uh, the 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 last Padawan or last Jedi series. At least I remember them starting that. Yeah, Kanan, the last Padawan uh, was twelve issues, I think. Right now, the ongoing series are Star Wars, Darth Vader, Poe Dameron from Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then they have an ongoing series featuring a character that was created in the Darth Vader comic named Doctor Afra. She is. Um, I remember her. Uh, I was. It, I did start reading them when before I when I was still working at the store. So I did read at least up like she was in a, like an issue or two. She was in Doctor. Yeah, she was introduced in Darth Vader's first arc. So she sticks around Darth Vader's arc for Darth Vader's book for a while. Then she gets her own book. And um, so those four are the current ongoings, and they have you know minis that come and go. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably read those because I liked her for. I remember. Yeah, I'll read those, and we'll see if I read the Poe because I have to. I'm going to rewatch the other movie before I go see the Last Jedi. Yes, because the first. I, I will say this: the first three movies. There are things that are good about them and bad, but they really, at least for me. Now I'm not going to. I'm not going to go if they ruin my childhood. Although actually, if you can make an argument with anybody, it's George Lucas because he does not have the original versions of the movies out. You know, what <laughs> I mean? love or hate the new Ghostbusters movie. But that original Ghostbusters has not gone away. It's still there. Like, no one has a right to bitch and moan about that ruining their childhood. It's over there. Go watch it. But I can't watch Star Wars that I saw when I was a kid because it's not available. (laughs) But, so the prequels, they really, they didn't make me want to dive into any of that. I have not watched Clone Wars. Like, I have no interest in any of the expanded stuff from before Star Wars, you know, New Hope because of that. But the new ones, I like them enough that I do have some interest in going in, in that stuff at least. So I might read the Poe stuff, like Poe Dameron book, for instance, because I do have some interest. Because I liked him, mm-hmm. so maybe that'll pull me to you know maybe that'll make me want to read something in Star Wars that doesn't. Because right now, unless it has the original ones, I don't care. You know, if it's not Luke Leia, Han, right. or three PO or two, like Orlando, I'm like, eh, 